Okay, well, welcome to week three in our Framework for Freedom. Um, actually, in your books, it's um, entitled Relate and Restore. Um, the sharp-eyed amongst you might notice that I've actually changed that round to the other way round, restore and relate. Um, I'm going to talk about restoration first off, because um, when I was at last Tuesday's, Tuesday evening's uh, meeting, conversation afterwards was, um, it was a session about how do we keep sort of Sabbath rest, and quite a bit of our conversation afterwards was all about the difficulty we had in actually taking rest, in taking Sabbath rest. So we're going to have a, a first look at our life balance um, this, this morning, those um, rhythms of grace that Catherine talked about in week one, if, um, if those of you who were here in week one. Um, and the emphasis this morning is on what things might help restore a good balance in our life. And I hope, for those of you who were here the previous week, it will also give us a little bit more insight into how we can use our Sabbath time as well. And secondly, we're going to talk about our relationships with our friends and our families. And difficult as they may well be at times, how they can be mutually supportive and restorative. But what I'd first like to do is to remind you of the Bible passage that we had last Sunday. And um, this is Romans 12, verse 1 in the message version. So here's, this is Paul speaking. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. And as this passage implies, it's, this session is all about our everyday, ordinary lives, our sleeping, eating, going to work, etc., walking around lives, and how we might offer all of that to God. Now, I think many of us unconsciously model our lifestyle a little bit like laptops, you know? You turn on your laptop in the morning and it carries on working efficiently with no pause or break until you turn it off at night and it sleeps. And in our 24-hour society, we don't always get the chance even to sleep properly at night. Um, I used to do work on shift workers and the harm that can happen to people's health when their body rhythms are disrupted. Shift workers are one and a half times more likely to die from heart disease than the equivalent day worker. You know, we're not computers. We're creatures of rhythm. God made us that way. Day, night, Working day, Sabbath, the seasons and the particular food that goes with them. There are many, many examples, but the way that our society is ordered now, even some of those basic life rhythms have become distorted or blurred. We're not computers. We're people of rhythm. We're creatures of rhythm. 
God made us that way. And ignoring rhythms, those rhythms, has a downside for all of us. Has a downside physically, mentally, and spiritually. And any change to restore that rhythm actually necessitates us taking a step back, taking an honest look at the current rhythms in our individual lives and allowing God to show us what is needed to restore a good balance. And to help you do this, I'd like to introduce you to a, a model that the Christian author and uh, management consultant, Fran Draper, um, has made that I found really helpful. Now, I think a number of you might be familiar with the sort of cycle of energy output and energy input. Um, rather like a car that needs regular filling with fuel in order to keep going, so we need regular energy input, be it physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, in order to keep go going and doing the things that matter most to us, the things that God has laid on our hearts. So if you look at that slide up there, um, the top half is our output, what we do in the outside world. Now, I've called it the performance zone. It's a bit of a secular term, really, but it, uh, you might want to rename it the service zone. It's what we, you know, what we do for God, as it were, um, out in, the, um, in, in, the, in, in our daily life. So, um, for me, my output would include um, quite a lot of stuff connected with my role in the parish and the diocese. It would include looking after my grandchildren. Um, it would be um, involved in uh, being a trustee with our uh, mission partner, Faith in Action, in Uganda. That sort of thing. Things that give me life um, and hopefully are life-giving to others, but things that use energy. Um, the bottom half is what I need or what we all need in order to maintain that energy, the input or the renewal zone. So the question is, where do we or with whom do we refuel and renew? What do we put into the renewal zone? Because we need to renew every part of us, our bodies, our minds, our spirits. So for me, that would include cycling, playing tennis, actually times of deep stillness away from people. That's where I hear God best. Um, laughter, being with old friends, you know, there's quite a long list. And you might like to think about your personal inputs and outputs in the reflection time. So when we're in that performance or service zone and everything's going well and we're, we've got energy, it's a great place to be. I've often um, likened it, I, I love surfing, bodyboarding that is, not stand-up surfing. Uh, <laughs> um, but I just love that feeling when you catch the wave and you're, you know, going with the flow, and you feel, in, in a sense, that, you know, God's taking you and using you where he, he wants you to be. It's a great, great feeling. When I'm in that renewal zone, 
and my energy is being sort of refilled, as it were. It's a wonderful, peaceful, connected place. And, you know, in order to keep in that place, you, you keep on having to keep recycling, as it were. So we're going to focus about what restores us this morning and how we might incorporate it into our daily lives. But just to give you a bit of added incentive to build these things into your own lives, I want to give you an idea of what might happen when the balance goes wrong. So if we continue to give out without renewing ourselves, we go into what I call the survival zone. So we're still giving out, but for me, it means that I engage just that little bit less. I, I sort of perform on autopilot. I'm often not absolutely fully present with people. Uh, I'll, I'll procrastinate. I'll do the easy stuff on my to-do list first. And I'll, you know, I won't tackle the harder things. And rather than having that sort of surfing the wave feeling, I feel dissatisfied, sort of generally grumpy, actually, if I'm honest. Um, and so in order to get back to that performance zone, ideally we need to return to the bottom right-hand corner, the renewal zone. But all too often um, we resort to rather more negative ways of trying to give ourselves input and keep ourselves going. Um, and that comes from what I uh, into what I've labelled the burnout zone. So, for me, the burnout zone would include sort of rubbish TV surfing because I can't be bothered to do anything else, you know, that sort of thing. Maybe the extra glass of wine or piece of chocolate. Um, it's procrastinating going to bed because I want to relax maybe after a difficult evening meeting so I get less sleep and consequently get even tireder. Um, in that zone, I feel a bit exhausted, a bit helpless to change stuff, and actually rather guilty that I'm there at all. You get, get the picture. Uh, we absolutely need that renewal zone. So we're going to have a look at a couple of aspects of restoration this morning that are the ones on the trellis, um, our self-care and our leisure, and how we might build that into our sort of framework for our lives. So, first of all, self-care. Um, Paul reminds us that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and therefore we should honour God with our bodies. We're comprised of body, mind and spirit, as I've said before, but we, we actually need to attend to all three. Now, we've covered, in a sense, our spirit um, elsewhere in the series, uh, right at the, the roots, how we connect with God in Sabbath worship, in prayer, in scripture. Um, this sort of middle level, as it were, 
we are going to look about how we are looking um, after our bodies. Now, I'm sure all of us know and probably know too much about the benefits of a healthy diet, regular exercising, you know, avoiding drinking too much, etc., etc. Um, these sort of self-help stuff is splattered all over the media. Um, but I wonder how many of us are actually intentional about building regular patterns of self-care into our lives, regular patterns of exercise, good diets, both, both in quality and quantity. And undergirding all of our well-being, our physical well-being, the bedrock of our physical energy is sleep. And to incorporate something of a sleep around our sleep patterns, I think is especially beneficial. Um, a few years ago, I was given a Fitbit as a birthday present. Um, I actually uh, was given it because I wanted to sort of track exercise and number of steps I took, etc., etc. Um, but it actually has a, a, a function that will monitor both the quality and quantity of my sleep. And I found that has been really, really useful. I think it's probably more useful than the exercise, actually. Um, it, <laughs> it sends me a, a, a naggy email at the end of the week if I haven't had enough sleep, or a congratulatory one if I've you know, exceeded the targets. But it just sort of keeps me on track and um, you know, reminds me when I actually need to catch up on sleep. Feeding our minds is as important as feeding our bodies. And so, you know, I'll ask you, what, what stretches your thinking? When, when were you last sort of, when were your minds last stretched? Um, what sort of thing nourishes your mind? I mean, it, it might be TV, podcasts, books, films, you, you, you name it. Um, who knows? It will be different for all of us. But it's important to get that mental stimulation and and, and challenge, too, of new ideas and, um, you know, maybe challenge to some of our, our prejudices and, and assumptions. So what would you like to incorporate into your rule of life to feed your minds? And secondly, our leisure. Um, Patrick said last Sunday uh, how many people at the end of their lives would like the words written on their tombstones that I wish I worked more. Don't think any of us would. But the flip side, when did you last have real fun? And what does that look like for you? Um, leisure and self-care, they involve a lot of similar activities, but and they actually can you know, involve the same activity, but th there's a subtle difference. For example, you can incorporate jogging into your rule of life because you know that it keeps you fit and it's good for your self-care. But if it becomes a chore, or you know, even worse, on a cold, rainy day, it's not really leisure in the true sense of the word. Um, so you know, what do you simply do for the fun of it? Um, not because it's 
necessarily good for you. I rediscovered jigsaws uh, during lockdown. Um, they, they serve no very useful necessary purpose, but I enjoy doing them. And, uh, you know, I'm just simply for their own sake. And um, for me, they relax me both mentally and physically, uh, and unless the last bit's missing, you might, you know. Having just done one that, um, that I borrowed from the library that had three pieces missing, uh, that, that was actually, you know, it was a bridge too far, but no, no matter. Um, so, you know, what might a real leisure activity look like to you, a real fun activity, and how might you incorporate that into your life regularly? And finally, friends and family. God created us to be in relationship, in relationship with him and in relationship with each other. And so time spent with friends and family should be a truly restorative activity, an activity in the renewal zone that helps balance out our life. Now, you know, there are a lot of downsides to getting time spent working out of proportion, be that paid work or, you know, even the things that we choose to do as part of our Christian service. But one of the important downsides is that it affects our ability to love because loving takes time. And um, I, I asked the evening group, uh, most of whom... Um, had a, a, a sort of salaried job to go to during the daytime, um, do they come home and suffer from sunset fatigue? That's coming home at the end of the day's work, too tired or too drained or just too preoccupied to love the people who are closest to you. And, you know, that the same can be true even if we're not out to work all day if we're too preoccupied with other things. And it takes time, too, to develop a loving relationship with God. It's near impossible to do if we're too preoccupied with other things. Now, we all have unique family responsibilities um, in terms of loving and caring for another family individual. Now, that's going to be different for all of us. For some of us, it will be our spouse, our children, maybe our parents, possibly a brother or sister, an elderly aunt, maybe grandparents even. Uh, you know, it, that will depend. Your particular responsibilities, as it were, will depend on your individual situations. And that loving and caring, it takes time. And so, you know, just ask yourself the question, where does that sit in your rule of life? And let's face it, families can be really difficult and challenging at times, and family situations can be really, really hard, as well as a source of great joy. And so, just knowing where families sit in, you know, your sort of, scheme of things, as it were, in your framework of a rule of life is a really important um, part of, of that framework.
friendships to take time to develop. And a good friendship is mutually supportive and it's really life-giving. Now, a good Christian friend can be a huge encouragement for our Christian discipleship. Um, you know, a prayer partner maybe. Um, and those friends can often see and challenge our own blind spots. And a verse from Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So if you, you sort of think back to that renewal zone, relationships come in there somewhere. They can be a, a, a source of, of great renewal. And, you know, if family relationships are challenging, then it's all the more important to have good mutually supporting friendships to help us in that renewal zone. I think the COVID pandemic has been, well, obviously it's been hugely disruptive in many ways, but I think two of the things that it's disrupted the most is actually our family and friends. Um, you know, circumstances have been different and sort of, in a sense, differently tough for all of us. You know, working from home, homeschooling, isolation from friends and family. And, and that's especially if we're older or, or, or vulnerable medically. And of course, sadly for some, bereavement. And I think because we're doing this course at this particular time as we're coming out of the, well, hopefully anyway, coming out of the pandemic, um, I think it's helpful to reflect on how the last couple of years has affected us as far as our friends and family are concerned. Because I suspect that it's changed for all of us in, 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 different, in different ways. Um, what, what has changed coming out of COVID? Is there some intentional sort of building back that needs to be done? I, I saw an old school friend last week who I would generally see once or twice a year but whom I hadn't seen since um, well, quite a time before the pandemic, actually. Um, and it took quite an effort on both of our parts, actually, just to sort of get together again. She doesn't live locally. But I was really glad that I'd done it. We had a great time together. It was a real, you know, restorative time. So my final question is, how has COVID affected our friendships, our family relationships? And is there some rebuilding um, or sort of rejigging, as it were, to do? But before we split up into our groups, I'd like us just to take a last look at the trellis. Um, that last week, we, we looked at those fundamentals, the roots of our lives, those things that keep us connected with God. This week, we're looking at the, the middle what, the, the, what helps support the branches, if you like? Um, what keeps us healthy and strong? What helps restore us? But we're not just talking about a, a sort of self-help thing here or a, a package for our personal well-being because it all sort of, in a sense, leads up to the top of the trellis where the, where the fruit, if you like, comes. Um, it's that top bit is the 
outward looking stuff. It's about reaching out. It's about being God's hand and feet in his world. The fruit, if you like, um, at the top of the trellis that we'll be coming to this uh, the, in, in, the, uh, in next, next week. Um, and what we're doing this week is, in a sense, supporting that plant, which is our, ourselves, so that it can, you know, bear fruit, as it were, in the world. The outward things where we're reaching out, where we're serving God. Um, and I've really liked the title of the book that's been recommended, whose author I'm afraid I can't remember, um, but the title is a really great one. It's God in My Everything. And I think really that's what this framework is about, bringing God into everything.